Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Voice of the Forest podcast. My name is Ed, and joining me today, we have Noma. How's it going, folks? And Dan. Hey! How's it going? And we've got some pretty exciting things to bring to you guys today, but first, as we always do, we're going to start off with some fun facts about ourselves. And you know what? Since I've been talking a little too long already, let's have Dan kick it off with, Dan, what is your favorite droid in the Star Wars universe? Well, to start off, there are lots of droids in the Star Wars universe. So many that I actually, I, it had, gave me a hard time to decide. I had a hard time deciding which droid to actually choose. Um, and I do have to go with the one from the Aftermath trilogy, Mr. Bones. He is a repurposed and reprogrammed uh, BT-1 battle droid from the Clone Wars era. And this is after episode 6. Um, he is the protector of, I can't remember the boy's name in, in the book, uh, but he's the protector of the boy who who reprogrammed him and stuff. He's painted red, and he has bones clad like um, tied to his uh, frame. So, and he has blades attached to his arms as well. And uh, he's kind of like if you put like a psychopath killer in an obedient droid. So if um, if the boy's like, hey, can you protect me? He'll basically like slice and dice until he tells him to stop. Um, so Mr. Bowens, he's a, he's a very lively personality when he's being cordial, but when he push comes to shove and he's fighting for his life and his, his master's life um, and those around him, he turns into like a murder droid and it's fantastic. If you haven't listened to the audiobook of the Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig, go listen to those because he is awesome in those books and he is voiced by i think it's mark thompson in those perfect voice for a droid the excellent mark thompson oh my god yes no more what about you buddy so uh speaking of murderous psychopath droids who enjoy protecting their master um my favorite is from expanded universe it's from a game i'm sure a lot of people know knights of uh knights of the old republic I don't know why I forgot that name as I was saying it. That's always cool. <laughs> Kotoar. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody's favorite uh, murder droid who refers to everybody as Meatbags, uh, HK-47, is definitely my favorite. Um, I remember the first time I played Knights of the Old Republic, it really, really uh, annoyed me when I realized that HK-47 was like full dark side alignment because I always like to go light side. Um but I was like, oh god, I love his dialogue. I love, I love how crazy and unapologetic about just wanting to murder everybody, this guy is. But I don't want to go dark side, and so, ironically, because of that, I actually started my dark side playthrough just so I could be like, all right, HK 47s coming in my squad now. <laughs> nice. He's gonna be here. He's gonna be a permanent member. I don't even remember who my second person for dark side was. Um, it was Bas- Ordo, It has to be man. Come on now. Yeah, but you don't get him for like quite a while, right? So in the beginning, I I, can't I just had Karth. I thought you got yeah. him pretty early on. I thought that was Karth. Maybe I'm I'm forgetting the game. Maybe. Um, if that's the case, that would be very uh, disappointing. You got to play it again, uh, man. I'll, yeah, seriously. But I do remember for the first little beginning, it was basically Karth being dragged around, whining at me the entire time. Um, hey, don't do that. Yes, yeah, seriously. Do you really um, want to murder this entire family? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. HK47's telling me to. Does it give me dark side points? Yeah. <laughs> I can force lightning this way. <laughs> I need more dark but side. I... <laughs> but yeah, definitely HK47. I, th I don't know. For, for me, it was really, really neat after just seeing the original trilogy and not being fully into the expanded universe to be like, oh, you can take a character who I associate with being like a goody two-shoes like uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO and turn him into a lunatic and a really funny lunatic. Um, and yeah, that got me hooked on him ever since. And he's got a really, really interesting whole monologue in Knights of the Old Republic 2. Uh, if you talk to him after a high enough point, he basically goes through an entire checklist on how to kill Jedi. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you you basically, it gives you great insight into why Revan was keeping him around. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and there's something really, like, it's so cold and calculating where he's just like, uh, I, there's one point where you're just like, oh, how? he says, oh, it's, it's uh, the best way to fight Jedi is put them on, on a disadvantage or uneven footing for them. And uh, you can go be like, oh, how do you do that? And he goes, oh, you take hostages. You you mm -hmm. put innocents in danger and you you make them slip up between their duty and fighting you. You fill the room with poison gas or, you know, it's just all these underhanded – This he has this huge checklist of all these underhanded things. And then he says things like, oh, if you, if you want, you should use slug throwers instead of lasers because they can't reflect slug throwers. Or even better, if you use explosives, they can't deflect those. And I'm listening to this being like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary how much sense it makes. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. like, like, oh, God, he, he does have an entire checklist. He knows exactly what to do. This is horrifying and really cool. But yeah, definitely. HK47 is my favorite. And, I mean, my choice on this one, like, from the time that the question was posed, I knew who it was going to be. And generic as it sounds, it it's... For me, it's got to be R2-D2 just for everything that we've seen as we've grown up with him and everything that he's done. It's been like, how could you not love this little guy? There's a point where you can just see him. The fact that we never really, let's be, we can't understand what he says, but his actions throughout everything. Like I still remember in episode four when he and C-3PO are having the, the fight in the, um, in the waist and Tatooine. He's like, I'm just going to go this way. And what, you're not coming? Okay, bye. I'm still going this way. He's like, oh, <laughs> stay here overnight, and then we'll figure out in the morning. Nah, I got to go see a guy, so bye. <laughs> I'm doing the thing. Like, his entire his entire thing, was like, he was always doing his job sort of thing. He was always putting himself on the line to do whatever he had to. Kind of, and for me, that was awesome for, to see from him. So I will be real. Once we had the new trilogy come through and BB-8 came through and all that, I was not a fan. And then right at the end of, well, I mean, spoilers, but really, come on, if you haven't watched it by now. Uh, the end of episode seven, when, like, they kind of, like, throw the tarp away and it's like, oh, look who's there. I actually, like, up until that point in the movie, I was just like, all right, when's this going to be done? And oh, my God, R2. Okay, <laughs> I'm happy now. Sort of thing. Because <laughs> he wasn't replaced. He was just, you know, sleeping. I, I just realized as you were saying that too, he's not in episode eight, is he? No, oh, he is for he is yeah. up for a little bit because uh, he has one Luke whole goes scene on the yeah, Luke goes on the ship and then he's like, yeah. Archie's trying to and convince him the with message. the uh, with the Princess Leia message. Yeah. Um. Nice. Yeah. R2D2 is definitely a fan favorite. Yeah. Especially R2D2 from the Clone Wars TV show. Yep. <laughs> like. <laughs> Amazing, amazing stuff in those, especially at the end of the um, 
the mission, the droid mission episode where they're all uh, yeah. with um, Gregor, mm-hmm. and then he flies. They fly the ship back towards the fleet that's like got all these holograms of clones and stuff, and he detonates the ship. So then it doesn't like destroy the whole entire Republic fleet. That was a mm-hmm. great episode. I will be honest. Uh, I was just going to say real quick, I will be honest though with that episode. There were only two characters I cared about in that episode, and that was Gregor and R2-D2. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not much of the other ones. Yeah. I, I think one scene I always remember in particular for him is in episode three when um, Obi-Wan and Anakin go off to save the Chancellor, and he's like, R2, stay with the ship. And then the two uh, yes. battle droids come in, and they're just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, "What's this?" And he's like spraying them down with oil, setting fire to the place, and just rolls off like, "Okay, no problems, I got this." Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> and then those are those are droids that like destroy clones, and they yeah. rip through everything. And he's just like, "Nah, J.K., I got this." No yeah. worries. <laughs> there you go. You know a little bit more about us now, and honestly fifth episode what seems like this i mean if you break it down we kind of do two things with this podcast we break it down into what we call the temple archives which is our sort of star wars canon recap of books and stories and everything we've read so far so in those we pretty much summarize the story for you if you don't have the time to read or you don't have the time just depending on what you're doing but really remain interested in the stuff we summarize stories for you we tell you how they relate to the legends or canon material have a little bit of a discussion about it and to let you know where it fits in in the timeline. So if you feel like you're missing out on some pieces or you you don't know how two things connect, we do that for you. So listening to one of those, we'll have one out for you very shortly. But in our news section of the podcast, which we're doing today, uh, we go over video games, TV shows, comic books, literature, movies, Important events that have dropped past in terms of you know, who's going to be in certain live-action TV shows, haha, <laughs> board games, and future events that are coming up. And as always, we will have discussions about anything related to the Star Wars fandom. Now you know a little bit more about the three of us, but we always want to know more about you, our listeners. And if you can tweet at us at VoiceForcePod using the hashtag ForceFunFact, let us know what your favorite droids are. They could be ones that we've mentioned. They could be ones that we may not even know about. We love to hear more, always love to learn more. So give us a shout. Well, we got some very exciting movie news coming up, and I believe Danny Boy knows a little bit more about those. Dan, what are what can we expect really in the next little bit for movies? Um, so this stuff is related to the movies in a kind of uh, a, a side note to the movies. Um, if you remember the um, Across the Stars song, which is like Anakin and Padme's um, song, like their couple song, um, I think it was in episode two at first, uh, when they were kind of going back to Naboo and kind of rolling around the grass and all that kind of stuff. And then later played at uh, Geonosis, I believe, a little bit later. Um, it was called, uh, again, it was uh, Across the Stars. And John Williams wrote a new arrangement uh, for this song. So kind of like a, um, a version of the song that is uh, specifically made for violinist. Um, that was actually, she played it and it was on YouTube, but for some reason it is not um, available anymore. But the violinist 
that he wrote it for was Anne-Sophie Mutter, or Mutter, um, M-U-T-T-E-R, and it was, um, be put, she'll be putting it out on a new uh, album that you can listen to, and if you, if you type it on YouTube, if you type in uh, Lost Stars Arrangement, you might be able to find it still. But it is, I listened to it when it was available, and it was a beautiful um, uh, arrangement that she played. And it's all violin. So it does sound slightly different, um, not just the, the com- composition of the music, but also the instruments that are used, because it's more than just a violin um, in the normal song, I believe. So uh, that's something just to keep your ear out for if you're a big music fan of John Williams and the Star Wars soundtracks. Definitely go take a look at that. Um, and the other piece of news we have is there's a new parka from Columbia that is based off of the Empire Strikes Back crew jacket from, uh, where was that? It was for the Hoth sequences. So they wore them off camera just to stay warm. And um, I'm just trying to find it here. Oh, here it is. Uh, Norway. Uh, it was filmed in Norway in 1979. And uh, it was in the remote town of Finse or Fince or Finsey. I'm not too sure. I'm sure the Norwegian listeners will let us know. And <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the jacket looks fantastic. If you need a parka, definitely a nice one to buy. It is, I believe, $600 USD. Um, but it has, so it's a blue parka with like a fur lined hood. It has orange and black stripes on the arms uh, for visibility. Uh, Star Wars logo on the side on the arms too and on the front it has a crew badge Uh, it says Norwegian unit underneath it and it also has a badge on it that is um, like Darth like a Darth Vader helmet with like flames coming up to it and it says Empire the Empire Strikes Back so it's a really cool jacket if you can get your hands on one please tweet at us because I would love to see it Um, I've seen some people getting them but man oh man if I had the money and I needed the jacket like I needed a new winter jacket, that would be the one I would get. Uh, unfortunately, if you're listening to this podcast and this is the first time you've heard about it, you may have some trouble getting a hold of the parka because currently on Columbia's site, the amount of stock that they have is uh, the number of sold out in-store and online. Oh, no. It yeah, went out pretty quick. I, I, yeah, I just looked it up. To eBay. Um, <laughs> it is the number of sold out, man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> However, oh, there is one other way you can get a hold of it if you have a couple of spare kidneys or other internal organs that you're able to sell off because yeah. uh, apparently Mark Hamill has signed 30 yes, of he did. these yes. parkas. Yep. Um, however, the buying price for those ones was $1,980. Um, yeah, if you can get a ha- if you get your hands on one of them, let us know. Um, I would love to see uh, the jacket. Oh, yeah. Quick disclaimer on these jackets. Just no wampas were harmed in the making of them, if that is something that you are concerned about. <laughs> the fur line hood is not made of wampa. As much as Luke would want it to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that, honestly, that was exciting seeing that. Just, you know, giving back to the community with something. Like, I wouldn't think a crew jacket would be something I would want, but just seeing that was... It was nice. It was nice to see this. We're still getting things from the series, from the from the classic movies. Oh yeah, yeah. It's neat too to just see because they've got you know photos of of Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher in the you know the original versions. Yeah, 
And that's that's really cool to see. It's yeah, it's really nice to see that they're um, bringing memorabilia to, to people that they can actually either collect it or they could wear it. Like this is something that you could actually use if you live in a cold climate, mm-hmm. especially up here in Canada. Although for that price, would you want to? I mean, if you're looking at a really nice parka, <laughs> they're up there. Like, um, that's true. My parka that I bought a few years ago, it was on sale, but I got it for like 160, and it was normally like 350, 400 dollars. So if you get it, if you wow. get it, if you get a decent enough parka, like they can actually get up there. So for okay. like a limited edition collector's parka, that I'm assuming if they use this on set the insulation stuff in this is unreal and mm-hmm. uh, it would keep you warm yeah that's true oh here you go and there's one more patch uh on, in, on the inside of the parker there's a, a a coordinates north and east um latitude longitude and it is for the hard danger yokulin glacier i hope i said that right um <laughs> which is the exact location of uh the hoth scenes that they filmed Oh, nice. That was pretty cool. I mean, that's one way to find the rebel base. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vader, I have found the longitude and latitude on planet Earth. But I also need $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we can't get the coordinates. That's funny. But in more news in particular, if you did enjoy Rogue One as much as we did. I hated it. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, like like those words are ever gonna come out of your mouth. For no, hey, no, I'm Rogue One was amazing. On show. <laughs> what was that, Noma? I said I'm the pessimist on this show. Not <laughs> that's you. true. That's true. <laughs> but um, one of the surprise fan favorite characters from that movie, Cassian Andor, uh, is coming to the silver screen sometime soon and in a live action series. Noma, I believe you know a little bit about that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh... Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, uh, has announced that uh, with Mandalorian as well, they're going to be doing a, uh, I think it's a a little bit of a smaller run, but still going to be like a full TV series run for uh, Cassian uh, during the formative years of the Rebellion. So it's going to be before Rogue One. Um, And that'll be really interesting because I think um, it's nice to see a Star Wars kind of a Star Wars series that goes into kind of the gray areas of the world um you know black and white is nice for uh setting the stage and kind of seeing what the values are um and for i think for for a major movie i i do prefer seeing kind of like the black and white good versus evil very stark um just because you know it's a little bit simpler and it means that no one gets kind of confused or, you know, things get weird and subversion start to fail. Not that I'm naming any Last Jedi names. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, it, I think with, with someone like Cassian, especially because you kind of see how kind of slimy and, and underhanded he is in the beginning of Rogue One, it'll be really interesting to see him full on in that very, you know, almost as ruthless a spy as the Empire is ruthless to its citizens. So I think that'll be really cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with it. But for now, the details are very sparse. All we know is that um, it's been announced and it's going to, you know, like I said, be a prequel to Rogue One. But uh, as soon as we hear more, we'll let you guys know. The other thing that they announced at the same time was the name for the streaming service from Disney's. It's called Disney+. Plus. Um, which is pretty cool. 
that's going to have pretty much all the Star Wars content, like every all the Disney content as well, I'm assuming. Um, just all under one umbrella. The one thing I wanted to point out is that this is a prequel to a prequel. Yeah, we're getting very meta. <laughs> it's good. I like it. As, as long as we don't have one of those kind like with those scene like the really shout outy scenes as long as i don't have a moment where cassian bumps into some teenager and he's like oh watch it don't you know who i am i'm han solo and i'll like as long as you don't have that i'll be happy <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> i mean or that... he goes to t- goes to tatooine and he bumps into some farm boy and turns out to be luke mm-hmm. just it doesn't don't, don't the do galaxy that. doesn't need to be that small yeah i get what you're saying Exactly. But if yeah. he bumps into, like, Kira or uh, something like that, would you be okay with that? Oh, yeah. I think that would be cool. If he runs in um, with, like, um, uh, Crimson Dawn. Yeah, Crimson that Dawn. That would be interesting, like, yeah. Yeah, L3 and Lando even, that kind of thing. I know yeah. a lot of people have problems with L3, but uh, I, I liked L3. The, the whole Droid Rebellion okay. yeah, yeah. thing. She was pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people have problems with the Droid Rebellion, but my because they say, oh, it's too preachy SJW. But I, th- I think I said this before on a previous episode. My entire thing was that's been a thing in the canon for like thirty years. Yeah, like, the Droid Rebellion's old. Yeah, so it's just kind of bringing it back into the new canon. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a humorous way, and I th- like to bring that back. But I also think it's that's what people had a problem with. It was a humorous jab. They thought people think I think about the SJW movement and stuff like that. So anyway. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the I don't know if no, I don't know if you read this part, but the like kind of um, synopsis we have so far is the rousing spy mm. thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grips of a ruthless empire. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems just like a normal, um, apart from the spy thriller part, um, just like oh, this is what the rebellion does. That's so. true, and and yeah, and. If they go that way, though, if it's just straight up, like, very hopeful and, you know... I think it's going to be pretty dark. Bright and shiny. Exactly, right? I'd, I'd almost be disappointed because, you know, Cassian was... A so dark ruthless. character. Mm, didn't yeah. barely care about anything. It was just kind of like... Kind of like, kind of like a, almost a droid, like, killing machine, like we were talking about with Mr. Bones and HK. Like, he barely cared about anything. Right. And like you need that, right? Because how many of the goody goodies can really go about and just get what needs to be done done? Mm-hmm. Like you need that someone who's going to be like, oh, okay, and we need to do wet work, eh? Yeah, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be a good, it'll be good. And um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Like it was such a <laughs> final statement. Um, yeah, the other thing I'm I'm very interested in in terms of that is uh, with Disney Plus the whole thing. Um, cause you know, Disney wants to be very kid friendly and very, you know, um, very family friendly in general. So it'll be interesting to me that everything is under Disney plus if they're going to be putting in age restrictions, maybe, or they'll have very strict a, age category like a warning kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, this movie yeah. or this TV show is rated blah, 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 blah. Are you sure you want to continue or enter your birthday? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, I can see right. the end of the birthday thing coming up. Or they could do like the um, the Netflix thing where you can have multiple accounts and then some of them can be kids' accounts. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is another option for them, for mm. sure. But yeah, the whole... I... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no worries. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like if you don't do that, then you can't have that kind of more adult, intense kind of themed stuff. Because like, when a kid sees very... Star Wars, they're going to be like, click. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is kid friendly, and then you either you either have restrictions in place, or the Mandalorian is uh, rated E for everyone, and I really don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> See, prequel of a prequel, though, for Star Wars fans, we really shouldn't be surprised. I mean, we started with episode four, after all. That's <laughs> so, true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> four to six to one to three to seven. It's like, we don't. We we just <laughs> we just flow with it now. We just jump around. Yeah, no, it's, it's the Star Wars way of counting. Exactly. And I'm sure this part has been on everybody's mind since it was announced. But also on the silver screen, we're going to have, and I know we're all very excited about it, The Mandalorian. We have cast announcements for that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Honestly, when we saw the first photos of it, I wasn't thinking too much about who would be under the helmet rather than like, oh, look, Mandalorian armor, sweet. This is going to be something I've been wanting to see for a while. I was like, yeah, who is going to be the guy underneath there? Right. And seeing, well, we know now that it will be Pedro Pascal. And honestly, like, after you see him just kind of posing, be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that casting. I really am. I am too, um, yeah. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Like, because he hasn't been typecast into anything where he's always sort of one guy. He's done different things, right? So... Everything from Breaking Bad to, well, I mean, people are going to know Game of Thrones for sure. Has he been in but... Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. Is he? Wait, was he in Breaking Bad? No, no, he wasn't in Breaking Bad. I'm yeah, sorry. there's someone else who is. Yeah, but... Um, Game of Thrones for Game sure. Thrones His head goes boom, boom. Sure. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. Every, he was one... Next to like John Stone, everyone was one of the fan favorite. Just characters. oh yes, yes. As soon as he was on the screen, he had a certain charm to him, um, and people just fell in love with his character. I was I was one of those people. He was just a fantastic character. And so for him to be a part of this, it's it'll be great. But uh, Den, do you know who else is going to be in there with uh, him? Yeah, uh, Gina Carano from or Carano uh, from Deadpool. She played um, Noma. What was the name of the character again in Deadpool? Uh, Angel Dust. Angel Dust. That was the character that was with um, the axe-wielding guy. What was his name? I can't remember. Oh, that was eight. That did was, you, did uh, you even Ajax. watch Deadpool? Is it like Axel or something? Uh, no, Ajax. Ajax, the 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 cleaner. Um, yeah, so she was the partner to Ajax in that movie. Um, she's also a famous wrestler um, from what I hear. We also have uh, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad who played Gus Fring one of the villains in the middle of the series there. Uh, Emily Swallow from Supernatural. Carl Weathers from Predator. Omid Abtahi from American Gods. Werner Herzog from Grizzly Man. And Nick Nolte from Affliction. And many other movies. That is a fantastic cast that has been announced so far. Um, I'm sure we're going to see some guest actors as well because they like to do those things um, in the movies and things, so I'm assuming they'll carry that over to the uh, the TV series. But uh, what do you guys think of that cast? That's some pretty pretty big names. Once you mentioned Gus, I immediately uh, saw the picture in my head of just the guy yes. standing in the uh, the chicken joint, just in his tie and everything like that. And I was like, oh man, yes, okay, we're gonna have some good people in this. Oh yeah, like one one of the people I'm most excited for. I didn't even realize he was in this. Um, is uh, Werner Herzog mm-hmm. that guy? I, I'm a huge fan of he. So 
Yeah, he's done a lot of documentaries. Um, that's if you've heard his voice before, you've either either heard it from one of the documentaries he's done, like Grizzly Man, um, or you've heard it in Rick and Morty because he's in one episode of that. Right. Um, yeah, he's the I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the alien who needs. Um, he, I won't say which organ, but he needs a certain one of Jerry's organs to live. Oh yeah, and they get in, yeah, and they get into a whole thing about it because of which organ it is that Jerry needs to give up in order for him to live. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because apparently it's, yeah, oh, because apparently it's episode. yeah, exactly, yeah, because it's that it for those aliens that happens to be their heart. Yes. Oh, now that you say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I yeah, remember yeah. that now. I love. Oh my god. Yeah, so he has the huge monologue about about that that organ, um, and yeah, that's Werner Herzog, but. Um, I've always liked his stuff. I thought he has a very interesting look on life and also just certified badass. Only person I've ever seen get shot during an interview and just be like, oh, oh, I've been shot. Okay, we should probably, we should like move. During an interview? (laughs) Yeah, there's a famous interview, well, famous because of what happened during it, um, where he's talking about his movies and how not a lot of uh, people like his movies because he was a little bit... um, smaller at the time i think it was in the mid 2000s okay and it, it was in la and some guy uh some crazed fan just like shot at him with i think it was in in this is werner herzog. air rifle or something yeah uh, werner herzog wow and he, yeah and he just kind of like he calmly just like he he kind of moves his shirt around and he's like oh i thought a firecracker went off and the interviewer goes oh have you been shot and he's going oh yeah yeah i guess i have um Let's we just, should go yeah we should just and move just away d- yeah, just doesn't care at all. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. The other so, one that is yeah, of, of, of note picture. for me is um, uh, Carl Weathers from Predator, who plays Dylan from the original Predator mm-hmm. movie. Um, that's he's he's a fantastic actor. I loved him in that movie, um, and I'm excited to see where where what kind of character he plays in this one. If it's going to be similar to that or something different. Um, and I <laughs> I was talking to my father because he knows who Nick Nolte. Uh, he's seen him in a few movies. Like I think he said, there's in some westerns and stuff. I have I don't recognize the name specifically, but looking him up on um, IMDb, he does have a huge huge backlog. Um, I probably just dated myself. Um, he does look familiar, <laughs> but um, some notable stuff on IMDb um, is the Ridiculous Six. That's on Netflix, I think. Uh, we have yeah, maybe that's that's. A movie. <laughs> yeah. Warrior. Um, oh, sorry. I should probably uh, elaborate Tropic a little bit. Uh, Rid- Ridiculous Six was a movie that got a lot of flack. Yeah, um, I, I've heard about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's in Tropic Thunder as uh, Four Leaf Tayback in the Vietnam crew. Um, oh, yeah. A few other few other roles, like quite, quite a lot of roles. Um, Affliction uh, is the one that is noted in the article here. I guess that's his most well-known it's an Academy um, Award-winning movie, I guess. But yeah, no, um, good cast, lots of awesome names, and paired with the amazing directors that we get: Dave Filoni, John Favreau, uh, Deborah Chow from Jessica Jones, Rick Famuyiwa from Dope, Dallas or Bryce Dallas Howard from Soulmates, and Taika Watiti from Thor Ragnarok. Like those are big names from big like big projects so i'm excited to see that now for fans of the animated series of star wars there are a couple more that we have for you but first on this list is the all-new star wars resistance just started off back in october october 14th to be exact and danny you know a lot about this series take that away 
Yeah, actually, it just uh, ended for its midseason uh, finale uh, on episode 11, which was this just this past weekend on December 7th, I want to say. Let me just double-check that date. December 9th, my bad. Um, yeah, so there's 11 episodes from October till now. And overall, um, I do have to say it is a series uh, I would definitely say for, for the younger audience, which isn't always a bad thing. There are moments in it that uh, I really do enjoy and moments that it's it seems a little repetitive to me. Um, like characters making the same mistake or people saying the same thing to the character and the character still not getting it, which is definitely um, uh, needed for the younger audience, right? When you have rep- repetition in, in a story, it definitely helps get the point across. Um, but quick thoughts on, on the first half of this season. I would say Kaz is a very interesting character as, as a spy and a mechanic. The balance there, he seems to have trouble grasping um, at first, and he starts to slowly, slowly get the hang of, oh, I need to really play up my undercover role instead of just spying. Um, but he does make mistakes, as, as people do, uh, and characters do in stories, um, to kind of warrant people thinking... What what are you doing? Why are, are you are you a spy? What are you, what are you doing? Like, you know, he comes up with these funny excuses and things. We do get to see some new alien species in this, which is awesome, like a turtle kind of species, which is awesome. Um, the other things I want to say are my favorite parts of these uh, of these episodes so far are the ones with the the space battles and stuff uh, with the first order. And just when they are in space, they are more or less in X-Wings the entire time. I, I have loved X-Wings ever since I was a kid. And uh, it just, it brings me back to like the original trilogy. And the, the battles themselves are creative and fun to watch. The choreography of the, of the Starfighters and things are pretty cool. A um, couple other things. We have some cameos from Phasma. Um, we have some new characters. Captain Von Reg and uh captain or commander pyre and a new pirate uh faction um and they are what's his name captain i want to say kraken but like he is like um that kind of species species he looks like a uh octopus i can't remember the name Quarren. Quarren. that's the one kind of squid face yeah and uh he and his faction of pirates start to raid on the Colossus, which is the platform where Kaz is with everybody else. The races are pretty cool. Um, the they kind of the races seem to get a little old, uh, at least for me, a little old for me, because they're very similar every time. Um, apart from the last race, which is in episode 10, I believe. That race is really good. I, l- I really enjoyed that one. Um, and those characters up in the high tower, those are the aces. And uh, I have to say, I was right. My favorite character is definitely Toradoza, um, in that in that uh, group of aces, and possibly the entire show. She just has a funny um, quirkiness about her, and you kind of get to know her a little bit more as the episodes go on. The last few episodes really dive into her character a bit. Overall, um, if you're hoping for a Clone Wars Rebels kind of vibe, you're not gonna enjoy this show. Um, but if you're opening, open-minded enough to get through the episodes and uh, put up with some of the repetitiveness, I think you'll like it. The other things I wanted to say about uh, Resistance are until the next 
part of season one airs in the new year, we have um, Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars Resistance animated shorts on the Disney Channel YouTube, um, and there are going to be, I believe, eleven or twelve shorts, twelve shorts that are releasing. There's three out right now, and they release one every week, I believe, um, up until the new part of the season comes out, and they're just little tiny parts. Um, the first one is the search for Kaz, and it's BB-8, and he's looking around the platform for Kaz because um, someone asked him to. Another one's called Dart for Cover, and it's Kaz playing darts with some other characters, and there's a little bit of funniness going on there. And the last one that they've released so far is Niku's Reward, and it's Niku um, going for a little bit of lunch. So there's a little bit of humor there as well. But like I said, overall, if you have open mind to it and uh, enjoy a laugh or two at some of the uh, ridiculousness, that they get into, you'll enjoy it. And especially the, the Starfighter parts. Those are my favorite. Yeah, no, eventually we all will check out Resistance and just get into the animated ones a little bit more. Yeah. I know we're all really, I don't know about you guys, but suffering that little aftermath depression of, you know, what Rebels, the way it ended, and I need to see more. Exactly. This is a good way to tie it over for a bit. But we also have some more on the animated shorts with Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. These are little short series, but they're amazing to watch. And Noma, if you have a little bit to speak about that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so basically, it, they're, these are kind of aimed for younger people. Um, you know, it's a little bit more kid-focused. Um, it's very just short, condensed tidbits of certain characters. So, for example, they've got one where it's uh, Luke Skywalker versus Emperor Palpatine. So it's that classic... Uh, Return of the Jedi scene where they're sitting in the Emperor's throne room kind of watching the rebel fleet fighting uh, against the Empire and you get just a little nice little montage of kind of Palpatine's rise to power and kind of seeing how he got to be the way he is um, and it's, it's really nice they're animated uh, surprisingly well for <clears throat> what the quality for, for kids shows usually are it's a little bit anime inspired you can really tell looking at uh Luke's eyes, and I think Leia's as well. Um, they've all got that kind of bigger eye, more kid-friendly appearance. Um, but it is... I'm going to bore everyone who isn't an animator or have any knowledge of animation. It has some very surprising little details put into it. The lighting in it is really, really like surprisingly nice, how kind of crisp and, and fluid it is. And uh, even though most kids' shows have... A kind of style where it's very heavy on like ends of actions and beginning of actions because that that's a little bit easier you save some money on animation uh these ones put a little bit more effort into their kind of big money shot animations which is is impressive it's, it's really good to see that they're you know taking the extra effort to kind of make these kids shows look a lot nicer so that uh, adults can enjoy them as well um so yeah i would definitely suggest they're not overly corny they're not you know they're not trying to dumb down anything um, and they, they are very, but they are very lighthearted and have a lot of humor with them. But yeah, definitely take a look. There's seven right now. Um, it's a lot of, like I said, smaller little scenes. So there's Luke Skywalker versus Emperor Palpatine, uh, Chewbacca versus Hollow Chess. Uh, I like how that's, I thought, like that's an encounter. It's like Chewbacca yeah. <laughs> versus Hollow Chess. Hollow Chess. Who will come out and the, the victor? You oh, can't yeah. just flip the table. You got to play the game. It's hologram. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. The pieces don't don't scatter everywhere. You don't get that catharsis. It's like putting Emperor uh, Palpatine and Hollow Chest on the same level of villainy. <laughs> like that's what I get from those titles after like one after the other. There. Yeah. No, v- very true. And then like you you get another one where it's like Luke Skywalker versus the Death Star. Yeah. Right. Chess. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we've also got a uh, Princess Leia versus Darth Vader from Episode 4. Um, and then the last two are little fun facts just to, to get people up to speed. If you if you somehow don't know what the Falcon and Prince, and who Princess Leia is, then uh, these are videos for you, I guess. So, like, very <laughs> new fans that are little kids, right? Like, that's kind of what these exactly. are based yeah. off of in 4. Um, they are how, – how long were they again? They're very short. They're, like – Oh, yeah. Each one's, like, like a minute. A minute yeah, long, a minute and yeah. ten seconds or so. Mm. But I think I think little kids that are like maybe uh, five six years old that, that that's kindergarten grade one um, like mm. these would be fine like if you if, if they were on like YouTube Kids or something and they would be looking like watching these I think they would really yeah. enjoy them like it kind of makes it a little bit more kid friendly There's not a lot of violence in them like I mean the Wampa one is mm. pretty bad um, Luke cuts off the Wampa's arm. Um, but you don't see like blood or anything like that. It's just like, and then he cuts and the whole thing collapses and he gets thrown out. Right. But I mean, the other ones though, like it's just encounters like Vader versus yeah. Luke in front of the emperor and Chewie versus hollow chest. Like those are pretty just fun encounters and things, you know, mm-hmm. this is definitely more mm-hmm. anime inspired than I would say the resistance television show. They said it was an anime inspired Look, this is more anime look. Yeah, it's it's it kind it's of harkens true. back to. Sorry, it's more true to that kind of feel. Yeah, it, it definitely harkens back to um, kind of the earlier, I want to say seventies and eighties era anime, where it was a little bit more pastel color mm-hmm. and uh, a, a little bit brighter, while being a little bit more muted at the same time. You know what it reminds uh, me of? It's very interesting. Uh, the Disney. Mm-hmm. What was that game called? It was the one with the little figures you could use. And then, like, if you got, if you bought the figure, oh, um, yeah, I, I have a few. Disney of those. Infinity, uh, Infinity, yeah, yeah Infinity. that's kind of what it looks like, but not 3D. Like, it's 2D version of that. Yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah, I remember I, I, I collected the, um, I, I collected a few of the Rebels ones right before I they wanted, canceled that. Yeah, I wanted well, to get the Rebels ones because they were going on clearance, <laughs> but I never found them. So, yeah, those are good, those are good little figures. They're like nice sculpt and everything too. Hmm. But yeah, Star Wars event, Galaxy of Adventures. That's oh, yeah. that's like on very... uh, what YouTube channel was it? Star Wars Kids, wasn't it? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Star Wars Kids. Now, I... and then there's a there's a couple others that are on uh, Disney TV Animation. Oh wait, that's a that's a different channel. Never mind. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's something that I wanted to point out here. It's hard to find all of the Star Wars stuff on YouTube. What they have on YouTube, there is mm-hmm. as I. As I know, four channels. There's Star Wars, the channel. That does, like, news, like the Star Wars show, things like that. Mm. Star Wars Kids, which gives you Galaxy of Adventures. There's Star or Disney Channel. Uh, it's called Disney Channel. That's the name of the YouTube channel. Um, and that has uh, the Resistance shorts. And then you have... Uh. It's just Disney. So there's Disney Channel... And then there's Disney, two separate YouTube channels. So the Disney one, that one gives you all of the Force of Destiny shorts. Okay. So there's four different YouTube channels. If I had to give any advice to Lucasfilm, 
just put it in one channel. I don't know what you would call it. Star Wars animation, Star Wars something. Then you could all find it in one spot. Because, mm-hmm. like, Forces of Destiny is kid-friendly. Star Wars Galaxy's Adventure, kid-friendly. Star Wars Resistance, kid-friendly. Those three things are on three separate channels. And those three things could definitely be on one channel. Even if it is just Star Wars kids. Move it over, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know. It just... I was looking on the Disney uh, YouTube channel and I was like, I don't see the new shorts for Galaxy of Adventures. Where are they? So I had to actually look it up on the internet. And I'm like, oh, it's a new, ch- it's a Disney Channel channel. Oh, all right. So I don't know. Just kind of a um, quality of life thing would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, right? You want to make it easy for uh, for your fans to be able to view your stuff. Right. Exactly. That's the end of my rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. All right. So if you've got some time to watch some of those, I think you're going to be well entertained until the next big reveal comes out next year for episode nine. Moving on, though, we've got some literature for you. Some sad news to start off with, really, but it gets better, I promise. But I have to tell you, If you've been looking forward to the Shadow of Vader comic book, it is no longer being made. The title had been left in limbo following the exit of Chuck Wendig from Marvel, but they've canceled it. And it was supposed to be five issues. It was announced at New York Comic Con. We're supposed to be ready for it in January 2019. If you remember some of the past podcasts, I was really looking forward to this one. Every time I read this, man, it's just like, come on but vader so far has been really good it's coming to a close we are gonna see some more from darth vader so have no fear about that i know i'm really excited about this one as well uh we are gonna discover some of the secrets of darth vader in the new book star wars vader dark visions now the fallen jedi has always been a symbol of power a villainous commander and a sith warrior but in 2019 A new limited comic series explores the side of Vader that neither fans nor the galaxy have ever seen before. And just the image of this, I'm inspired by it because it just looks so... Oh, I can't use the word, but it looks so good. It's... Well, we're going to send you the link for this in in the little... Describe it. Describe it for them. So, picture... picture, I mean, he's already been a Jedi Knight... But how do I put this into words? He's got an he's got a shield, right? Something we've never kind of seen in the Star Wars in the Star Wars universe being used by a lightsaber wielder. But it's a shield, huge emblazoned with the Empire symbol. He's on, I mean, I want to say a horse, but I, it looks I, like I, a eight legged horse of some sort, right? Like if Sleipnir, if anything comes to mind when you see a horse like this. But he's just he's just on it, just looking all inspiring. There's two headed birds flying around. Almost something out of a an awesome nightmare, if that's not an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> but writer Dennis Hopeless, written from Cloak and Dagger, Gene Gray, invites you to experience an all new twisted adventures of the Dark Lord with artist Paolo v- Villanelli, who's worked on Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing, the Rogue One adaptation. He's taking on issue number one. And breakout artist Brian Level, who's worked on Thanos Legacy, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, joining for issue two. Star Wars Vader, Dark Visions will take readers into the darkest parts of the galaxy, places where the mysterious 
anti-hero known as Darth Vader can become someone's greatest fear and even someone's greatest hope. And the limited series begins with a story that will shed a new light on many sides of the galaxy's greatest villain. Don't miss this one because it's going to be amazing. And if you want to see more news on that, that's right from StarWars.com. Just in his news about Star Wars Dark Visions announcement. So please, please, please check this one out. Because if you are as huge Vader fans like myself, like this is going to be one. Like We're not completely left in the dark. There will be something that will replace the Shadow of Vader cancellation. So good and bad news, but positive news to be had out of this one for sure. I am looking forward to this series, as long as it doesn't get canceled. I mean, well, knock on wood for that. But... <laughs> It's just, it's more Vader, and I remember, especially from our last podcast episode where we had the news, like, I was so surprised. I was like, wait, what? Vader's ending? What? There's still so much more I want to see. How can, how, how can it end right now? Like, no, no, Marvel, don't do this to me. But this is this is good news, so I'm really excited for this one. Noma, what do you think about this one? I'm looking forward to it. The, the first time, I didn't even notice that the, uh, I didn't even notice that the horse had eight legs at first. I just kind of saw it, and I was like... So are we a medieval knight now? Yeah, I didn't notice that the birds had two heads until <laughs> just before um, Ed said that. I I did just send you guys an image, and this is what people are saying that it looks like it might be kind of like an homage to um, in the Skype chat there. It's a famous oh, okay. um, fantasy painter, Frank Frazetta, and the painting is called Death Dealer. Now tell me if that doesn't look very similar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even, especially the eyes, right? Yeah. Because it's got that same sort of ominous look to it. That is a jacked horse, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but it's got the it's got the birds in the air. It's got the horse that's facing forward, and he's like even facing the right way with the shield hanging in the right spot and the weapon. Mm-hmm. But not a side show that's in the war on its own. I think I saw that on Reddit. Someone on, I can't remember who. I'm sorry if if you're listening to this podcast and you're the one who posted it, let us know. But uh, yeah, no, it was, I saw that. And I was like, wow, they're right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And so I know I'm always excited about the Star Wars literature. I always say I am, but because I, there's always reason to be. There always is. And I know a few months ago, and like might have been our first or second podcast episode we did, uh, we were all looking forward to the book Thrawn Alliances. And personally, there's never enough Thrawn. I can never get enough of them. Great commander, great treasures, great character in total. I know Noma, you can agree with that one for sure. Dan, you too. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, I don't no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I love <laughs> don't that. Don't you start. This is Empire <laughs> time. This Make is sure to listen to the end of this episode when we execute Dan. <laughs> <laughs> execute Order 66. And that book we were all excited for was called Thrawn Alliances. And at the end of it, I was like, you know what? This was this was just as good as the first one. Please tell me there's going to be more. And now we know we are getting our first look at the next book in the series. And that one is called <clears throat> Thrawn treason now for this one it's just i'm loving it because after the end of the at the end of alliances there were just so much that thrawn was doing where you thought like you make another move like that you may not be here a lot longer and with the little back cover they have going here it's great the description for the mall the novels as follows so Grand Admiral Thrawn faces the ultimate test of his loyalty to the Empire in this epic Star Wars novel from Beth... Wow, Beth Felling. Okay. Try that again. Yeah. You can just start... Grand... Grand... Yeah, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Just start at Grand Admiral, yeah. 
Grand Admiral Thrawn faces the ultimate test of his loyalty to the Empire in this epic Star Wars novel from best-selling author Timothy Zahn. If I were to serve the Empire, you would command my allegiance. Such was the promise Grand Admiral Thrawn made to Emperor Palpatine at their first meeting. Since then, Thrawn has been one of the Empire's most effective instruments, pursuing its enemies to the very edges of the known galaxy. But as keen a weapon as Thrawn has become, the Emperor dreams of something far more destructive. Now, as Thrawn's TIE Defender program is halted in favor of Director Krennic's secret Death Star project, he realizes that the balance of the power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency. Even the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate entire planets. As Thrawn works to secure his place in the Imperial hierarchy, his former protege Eli Vanto returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's mastery of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice. Duty to the Chiss Ascendancy? or fealty to the empire he has sworn to serve, even if the right choice means committing treason. Dun, dun, dun. I'm liking that. I'm liking this. Now, I just, I wanted to point out, you said earlier that you enjoyed the second Thrawn novel as much as the first. Yes. Is that the same for you, Noma? Uh, I will let you know when I read the second novel. Good to know. <laughs> or finish. Good to know. <laughs> oh, Good man. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have to say that I wasn't as enthralled with it, the second one, as the first one. Really? The first one seemed a little bit more more Thrawn-centric. The second one had a lot of focus on, not that it was a bad thing, Padme and Anakin and Vader um, mm-hmm. with, with Thrawn, which was good. It was a nice kind of back and forth. The one thing that really threw me off in that book, though, was the double vision. That oh, really... Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. I'll, I will say that in the sense where it's just like, oh, what's Anakin thinking of as he fights? Like you kind of you don't think about it until then. It's like what the, really what is the force like... telling him? He's like double vision, two blaster bolts to the shoulder, five blaster bolts to the knee, and then he dodges it or blocks the lightsaber. Right? Like it's just a. I thought it was an interesting way of portraying it, but that really took me out of it. And I don't know, just the story in general from the second Thrawn novel, Alliances wasn't as as keen and i think it was because i was so hyped for that novel oh okay you know because i didn't really understand like i've never read any of the thrawn stuff before so when thrawn came out the first one the first one of the new canon i was really excited for it and i got into it I'm like oh my god this is better than i thought so then when that happened i believe that kind of um skewed my my expectations for the second novel but i think this one's back on what i'm looking for like an internal imperial struggle that's what the first one was the second one not so much this one is i I feel like part of the thing with that as well like i i can't speak to the second novel but for the first one um i remember all the thrawn parts were really really good because Mm -hmm. it lets you see how he thinks that was that's one of my favorite parts yeah Mm -hmm. like when he gets ambushed at the academy or when when he's being um teased at the academy and he doesn't understand, and Eli has to explain that to him. And he goes, "Oh, okay." And then he has that whole thing where where he, the other cadets are trying to ambush him, and Eli's like, "This is what's going to happen." And he goes, "Oh, the card." You know, I thought, yeah, exactly. He goes, "Oh, I thought that because we're all on the same side, we'd all be friends and wouldn't do something like this." But okay, now that I know this, I'm going to th- just thrash everybody mm-hmm. and beat them at their own game. And it's like that was really neat. But then on the flip side, you had the price parts. 
And oh boy, that was, I mean, it, it was, it was really interesting to see how her character becomes the way she is. And like, you know, it's, it's Rebels, nice to have yeah. a reason why. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. It's nice to, to have a reason why she's like that. I actually enjoyed the parts with Price more in the first novel than the parts with Anakin and Padme in the second. I oh, hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I actually enjoy the, <laughs> that, the, the Price parts. Now, kids, this is what happens when you like Jar Jar as a character. First hey, hey now, hey now, hey now. <laughs> see, now, what, what I think I was mostly fanboying over it. I won't lie at that point. You didn't see, like, Vader and Thrawn together. Yeah, that and, was good. I like those parts. Like, they're, I guess, like, not so much struggle, but it was almost like a, a meter stick measuring contest, okay. if you catch my meaning. Sure. Uh, in terms of, you know, oh, well, I'm his best, like, sort of, uh, not associate, but like, oh, you know, the Emperor I'm trusts me general. exactly more than you. And seeing how they both played that into the way they operated with Thrawn and his crew versus Vader just being, well, Vader kind of thing. And them just, you know, dealing with trying to figure out what he wants and he being the Emperor for the most part, in in alliances, and be like, how can we both achieve this sort of thing and come out on top? And by the end of it, you can kind of see them, even Vader having like a big grudging sort of like, okay, I guess you're good for something. Sort of, and he, in the same way, Thrawn is just like, yeah, I respect what you do. And the entire time seeing him try to like, I know who you are. I know who you are. I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> yeah. I know who you are. Like that I'm was testing the best him. Just, Exactly. And so I... I think I was really pushing forward throughout, even like through the Anakin and Padme bits, and I couldn't ignore her because she's Padme and she's waifu number one for everything. <laughs> I can't believe you used that term, but I get it. <laughs> oh, that's good. But no, that I, that's just this book. It was like it was made for me in the sense where it has everyone who is in my top five. I would say for Star Wars, just like here, here they all are in one book. Go for it. And I'm just like, yep, thank you. But as soon as I started, I was like, Eli's coming back, and he's been with the Chiz for how long? It's like, yes, yes, I, I, I need to know what's been going on. I need to see just how much of Thrawn's training has been embedded into his mind now. Like, how crazy is it going to be if Vanto comes through and he's the one doing, like, all the analysis and be like, oh, no, fire on that third ship there. And it's like, why? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where Eli Vanto right? goes because I love the part in the first book where uh, Thrawn, not only do you understand what his thinking, but you also get to understand how he explains his thinking and how he trains his subordinates like Eli Vanto. Cause Eli Vanto mm. is like us in, in that book. He's the character we can relate to. And then Thrawn is the person that's like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. Why do you think I'm doing it? And Eli's like, well, I think it's because of this. And Thrawn's like, yes, but there is another reason there's always another reason right so like it's and so that's why eli vanto is one of my favorite characters in thrawn and that's why i want to see him come back and yes. just see him like start Part pulling of thrawn things if he's like let's say thrawn's off the well i guess they would be on the chimera anyway but like if he's off there doing something or speaking to the emperor and they get attacked or something like that, and eli takes command and be like oh no this is like wait do we have like thrawn jr here all of a sudden right like that would be amazing <laughs> Now, the other cool thing is this comes out in summer 2019, so that's coming up pretty soon. Um, it, it doesn't might not feel like it. It's December, but it's coming up pretty quick um, since the last uh, Thrawn novel came out. And uh, with that said, 
we can skip recording Temple Archives 27 because I think we just covered Thrawn Alliances and, <laughs> and Thrawn. So, um, but Thrawn Treason is or will be available for pre-order. By the time this episode comes out, you should be able to pre-order that one. I know I'm going to be there like the first hour that thing opens. I'm going to have my pre-order down. I need to have this entire Thrawn collection in my house around me at any possible time. Quick question for us. Are we all pre-order yes or pre-order no for Star Wars novels? I don't pre-order. Not right now anyway. I'm no. I'm a hard yes, easily. Yeah, no, I'd be down. Okay. No, I just want I just wondered if you guys do pre-order or not. Um, I know there's a big thing with like pre-orders and video games and stuff right now, but uh, novels the, are yeah. a different story. The video yeah. games, I mean, you you take it with a grain of salt, being like, oh, it's been pushed back, or yeah, this yeah. is actually not going to be released anymore, or anything like that. It does happen with literature as well, but for well, Star most... Wars, they'll always have me. So exactly. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and most uh, most video or sorry, most novels don't cost seventy nine ninety nine. No, that is true. No, I just wondered because um, I usually like I I do buy the novels like when they release, but I always mm-hmm. look for the deals because when you pre order, you get a decent deal. But I like if I buy like a hard a hardcover book, um, I usually wait till it goes under thirty dollars because normally they're about thirty five, thirty seven dollars Canadian, um, on Indigo, which is the big seller up here like uh chapters or uh amazon is the other one really those are the only two options i think um and i usually wait for either one to go below like around 29 to like 27 dollars um sometimes it even goes down as low as like 24 dollars so i usually wait till the price goes down then i buy it and then i read it but uh i do have the audiobooks day one i mean usually for me the price will be worth it and a sense of what I'm getting and what I exactly. get out of it. No, I definitely get that. Yeah. And so for, like, as soon as I, I remember listening to the audiobook for Thrawn, like, the first one, I went out immediately and was like, okay, I'm going to, I need to have this hardcover in my house. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Uh, quick, quick, I want to point <laughs> something out. You know that Thrawn uh, treason cover? Yes. Palpatine's hood is not symmetrical. Well, he always kind of has it like that, though. You'll see, like, the eye. I'm surprised they don't But, like, have, the like, one side is, like... Thrawn. Leaning down a little bit more, a foot longer or like half a foot longer. Yeah, I don't know. It just it bugged me. Oh, I didn't notice. That. And oh. his face isn't like the the peak of his hood isn't in the center of his forehead. I don't know. I just have this like OCD. I'm like, it's, it, yeah, it looks a little bit weird. It also kind of looks like he's wearing a blindfold, but right, like it that's looks that's like that's why. Like I want to see those yellow eyes coming out from underneath. If you, yeah, if you were yeah. to complete his face, complete his training, right? Mm-hmm. If you complete his face. The way his hood is, if you look, if you look at the outline of his hood, yeah. it looks like there's an extra like he's wearing like a helmet or something. Yeah, because it looks yeah. too far up to the left, like right. the top left there. It looks like it's too far up there. Does it not? So alternate yeah, no, cover but... pre-order then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unless they have like a sheave Palpatine, like the old school Palpatine with Thrawn on it, like they did with uh, Darth Vader and Anakin. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. But no, no, I just, I just, I just wanted to point that out. I just, I just saw that artistic wise. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, no, I actually didn't even notice it. But now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it looks like he. There's a little bit too much space at the top. It looks like top left, right? Like, yeah, like it almost looks like he's wearing like some sort of small hat or like underneath it, right? Or that's, something. That's sitting on this hood yeah. is sitting on top of that. Yeah. 
Ed, are you seeing this? Oh no, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing <laughs> okay. it. Okay. It's the blue side that's hanging up a bit more for if anything. The blue side is but, hanging uh, lower, but the top yeah. left of the the red side. Yep. It's uh, it's definitely off center. Okay. Ed, but Thrawn looks on on point, man. Like he's yeah. got the look in his face where it's just like he's actually mad. Yeah, you don't see Thrawn like, looking like that very often. No, he's always got that like not passive, but very neutral. Like you can see the scrunch. You can see that scrunched up. Yeah, he's forehead just like, Fuck and by this the nose, shit. by his by the like tear ducts in his eyes. Like you see yep. that little scrunch there. That's pissed. Yep. That's it's good like shit. what conversation could he possibly have to have that look on his face, or what news what could action, come out? Yeah. Well, it said mm-hmm. Eli Vanto comes with bad news. Is it Eli Vanto returns with dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld? Maybe they'll bring back the Yuuzhan Vong. Oh my God, no! No, it's, <laughs> there's another race that's out there fighting with them. In the second book, maybe it's the Yuuzhan Vongs. <laughs> right. All right. What a way to bring them! I'd actually be mad about that. Okay, so now yeah, that I we've completed Thrawn Treason, you know the whole Treason thing is going to be really impressive because it's been you know he's been a guy who's followed for the most part the ABCs somewhat of the Empire. Oh to operations and everything that we're trying to do, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. And with that very subtle segue, <laughs> speaking I'm of not... ABCs, yes, um, yes. it's got to be cringeworthy at this point. This is like my 18th segue, or not segue, 18th uh, rant of this podcast. And I'm sorry if you're if you're if you're tired of these rants already, but this yeah. one. Is more of like an next, observation. Next episode, I promise it'll be me doing all the ranting again. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm normally the positive voice, and I'm not being negative. I'm just I have some rants. Gotta get them off my making chest. Making observations, buddy. You're positive. Like Thrawn, making observations. observations. So <laughs> go for it. What's your observation here, Danny? One morning, I woke up, and it hit me. Why is it called Alphabet Squadron when in the Star Wars universe there's no such thing as the alphabet? It's Orabesh. That's the galactic basic language. And Orabesh is a different symbol system than our alphabet in the uh, universe that we live in. So hang why on, hang on. are the ships why, called... Why were you thinking about Alphabet Squadron to begin with? Where's that from? That For is from... Oh, that's true. Alphabet Squadron is the new book that's coming out uh, later this year, I believe. Um, 2019, early 2019. About a group of rebels... Um, in various different uh, star, um, rebel spaceships, A-wings, B, uh, B-wings, X-wings, Y-wings, U-wings, all that kind of stuff, and they're finding imperial defect or imperial um, loose ends at the end of okay. episode six, like after episode six. So they're kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's Alphabet okay. Squadron. This is why I was thinking about it because I was looking about it for a few days. Just Alphabet Squadron as a concept of a book and all that, and how I, I love the concept, but I didn't really like the name. So I was thinking for mm-hmm. a few days. What would be a better name that would be similar to Alphabet Squadron, but would also make sense in the Star Wars universe? Then it hit me. Orabesh Squadron. Because that's the Galactic Basic. Now, it also went back. I was like, then why do we call them A-Wings, X-Wings, Y-Wings, B-Wings, U-Wings? Because in the Star Wars universe, now, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they do say things in the Star Wars movies and things like, oh, I'm jumping in the X-Wing. Right? Yeah, because they do have model yeah, numbers. Yeah. Like the X wings are a type of model, like T eighty five X wings, or T-70, whatever. Yeah, right. T seventy fives or whatever. Um, so what in my mind is like, what are they thinking when they think X? Because X 
a why like there is no analog to that in the star wars universe for them technically i'm being a nitpick i know i know (laughs) i can hear the eyes rolling through the audio through dimensional space but i don't know orbesh squadron doesn't sound too bad what do you guys think it really does i I like the sound of that way more that's in terms of it's just it just I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I, I kind of see your point. Like, or a best squadron in that sense. If they were to go with that, the problem is they'd have to change everything. Like, they, you couldn't call it an X-Wing any longer. You couldn't call it an A-Wing. Like, even if you did keep Al- those, you could call it or because that's the alphabet in Star Wars, right? Yeah. I, I've, got a, I've got a boring answer and the hand-wavy answer that they tried to put in. Oh, um, they made a hand wavy answer for it. Yeah, because I was th- I was thinking about it as as Dan was mentioning it, and I I was like, I remember there being some way they hand waved it, and it was a really sad way of hand waving it. Hand waving um, what specifically? Uh, so basically, um, the actual like logistic pessimistic answer is just like George Lucas wasn't thinking that far when he made no, that it, the original sense. one. No, I get that too. Yeah, yeah. right. Still, you're going to use the the same alphabet. Blah blah blah. Um, but the hand wavy one was that, um, at some point, I don't know when, but they invented a, another alphabet called the high galactic. Um, oh, and oh, high galactic. God. Yes. Yeah. See, that's what I mean by very kind of sad hand wavy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah high galactic. I'm not too sure. Um, used on it, Coruscant. it, yeah, well, that's the weird thing. Um, there is literally a thing um, where Ezra has written like an entire. I'm, I so I was looking it up just to double check what the language was called. So on Wikipedia, or sorry, yeah, Wikipedia, um, one of the images they use in an example is the fact that Ezra Bridger's private journal is handwritten in High Galactic. Is it? Yes, which doesn't really make sense because he's definitely not a Highborn. Um, I don't even know if Highborns are supposed to use that, but you know that's the inference with High Galactic, right? Um, so that's their hand wavy reason. Orabesh is common. High Galactic is a writing system, literally just a writing system. It sounds the exact same as Orabesh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that that will be the way that they try to hand wave it. But I do agree. Orabesh Squadron sounds a lot better than um, Alphabet or High Galactic Squadron. High Galactic Squadron. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the end of my rant. I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's all good. I was just thinking, I'm like, Alphabet Squadron just seems a little too G-rated. You know what I mean? Like, it just sounds... Yeah. It doesn't have that, it doesn't have that like, ring to it. In my mind, anyway. Um, but Orabesh, it's, I... it's a foreign enough word to us, but a common enough word in Star Wars that we could understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I think Alphabet Squadron, like, three dozen ki- so- like songs from kids' cartoon shows kind of, like, pop into my head. But not a hardened squad of, you know, veteran fighter pilots hunting down the Empire. And it's written by Alexander yeah. Freed, who wrote some pretty gritty Star Wars novels. So, the Battlefront mm-hmm. Like, all I see with Alphabet Squadron are a bunch of, like, bright-colored ships flying through, saving the day, beating the bad guy of the day sort of thing. Yeah. Not so much, we're going to be doing black ops kind of things. Yeah, pretty much. But thank you for that, Dan. That was an interesting piece of insight. No problem. The things I think about on a daily basis, that is one of them. And that is one of the reasons why we started this podcast. Exactly. I need to have a, I need to vent it somewhere. It's got to be on the internet. 
need to scream into the, uh, the, ether. the electrical ether. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for for generations upon generations of people to listen to. <laughs> Until MP3s are no longer a thing. Bold of you to assume we're all going to survive that long. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the world will explode. Starkiller base is coming for us. Right. Well, speaking of fights... Um, I feel like that's a good segue to our next topic. These Ed. are terrible segues yes. today. What the these hell are, is going these on? Are, these are cringingly amazing. But yes, jump in. Please, please send us on Twitter your gif, your best gif of the hardest eye roll you've ever had. And just <laughs> above it, type in segways dot dot dot. And then put the gif in it. Yeah, fights in the series. Yes, video game side. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Two big reveals for that. The Battle of Geonosis and the reveal of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, this was released on November 28th, 2018. And honestly, this is one of the... I didn't think they were going to do this one. Just in terms of like going back to the uh, to the prequel series, we see them finally introducing characters we love. The, right before this was General Grievous and how he was going to operate little spider leg runaway man but <laughs> but seeing kenobi come in there and i believe noma you've got the best voice for his intro oh the uh let's see if i can do that now hello there yes and i i hope that's one of his voice lines as soon as he shows up he act- on yes it is when you do select him oh my god that <laughs> not is when amazing. you select him i don't think maybe but when you are in the game you can actually like when he's talking then he does his voice lines that's one of them now, either if you have the game already and haven't updated yet, it is a huge update for it. But it is like it's easily over. I think Battlefront Two has gone over ninety gigs on my PlayStation so far. But yeah, they've done a lot to it. But just like the other updates they've done before, this one will be free as well. Just think of the and... dollar value behind that free content. Right. Every twenty-five dollar, every every loony. A loony is a dollar coin in Canada, for those who don't know. <laughs> Every loony you spend on that game becomes more and more valuable as the game gets more content. Yeah, and and especially... all for the low, low price of EA's terrible decisions. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can have pride and accomplishment in this one. It's okay. But uh, for... <laughs> I can see your cringe on right now. <laughs> but senior level designer Peter Vesti went into specifics saying that after we decided on the planet, we dig deeper into what makes the specific location unique. What's its main theme? What happened here? What do we want to see happen here? Now, with Geonosis being the way it was, in most people's minds, Geonosis was a place where there's a huge conflict went down and two evenly matched armies went clashing. Uh, the Battle of Geonosis, as depicted in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, was fought between the Galactic Republic and the Separatists on the Geonosian homeworld. This dynamic featuring two large armies is different than a lot of other scenarios in Battle- Star Wars Battlefront Two, where the Resistance or the Rebels are up against a superior force. The experience of playing Geonosis shouldn't be about a single player winning the objective for the entire team. It should rather feel like you're being a part of the largest battle yet, and you're in it together with your team members on the front lines. That's been the number one focus for us, Peter explains. Now, if you've played Battlefront 2 already and you've seen some of the missions, this is true, where, you know, one guy could go and hold down a point, 
and cap it, holding off like waves of waves of the enemy team coming at them, while the other ones are just kind of messing about, running around, emoting at each other. So it's refreshing to see some team-based combat come into this game once again. But I I don't know, Dan. Have you gotten a chance to try this one yet? I haven't played Battlefront two since they released Grievous. Like I haven't even like I haven't updated it uh, in a while, but I I definitely intend during this Christmas break coming up um, to just try all of it out because I wanna I, and I think you have to save up like credits in game or whatever to unlock Grievous and Obi Wan, but I definitely want to try Obi Wan Kenobi because especially on Geonosis that would be really mm-hmm. fun and I'm I'm super excited they have the new ATTEs in there and it's just a huge scale. Galactic Assault Mode. I'm just interesting. The fact that you can actually control it, right? And it's just it's gonna be so much yeah. fun. Like I am so excited. The, I'm just looking through the models on the website here of them just walking around the ATTEs, and it's just like, whoa! Like that's that's amazing. So mm-hmm. perfect. And speaking of Obi Wan, we all know from the movies and how defensive his stance was using Form Three for most of it. And this is reflected in the game as well. Uh, for example, like his blocking skills are going to be superior to any other Jedi in the game. His stamina is going to be chained into like these powerful melee attacks. You have so many different appearances for him. You've got his regular kind of Jedi outfit. You've got when he's got his robes on. And I think all of our favorites probably is going to be his Clone Wars appearance that was just recently released. Yeah, that... General Kenobi. Yes, and so his default Jedi Master appearance is going to be there to start with for you. If you want his robed look or a General Kenobi look, you can purchase those with the in-game credits you earn just by doing anything, so no fear of that microtransaction it nonsense It does take anymore. a long time to save up those credits if you're not very good at the game. Just saying. <laughs> oh, that elitist talk coming out of you right now. No, 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 not elitist, not elitist. <laughs> Experienced. Oh god! I am terrible <laughs> at the game on any mode except for Starfighter. So, if if I know the struggle of getting a skin or getting a character, playing the game on any mode apart from uh, Starfighter, I know the struggles. It's from experience, and it's not positive experience. I'm terrible at that <laughs> game. I go in, I die, I die, I die. I get maybe a kill, and then I die. So yeah, but. Battlefront 2, constant updates coming through. Um, the rumor mill is that Anakin will be late, will be added into the game later on in 2019. Possibly so Dooku hopefully we'll as well. see him too. Oh, so they're honestly, I'm surprised that with the heroes and villains mode, we're going to see a lot of potential RPs going through, and I can't wait to see if those actually become a thing. But speaking of RPs in this next segue. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we got board Was that intentional? Was that intentional? No, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. <laughs> wow. Just continuing the trend. What? Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> We've got board games and RPGs. Noma, you want to yes, take it away do. with those? I'm going to put yes, in... Yes, and... It, when, when, these, when these segues get said, I'm going to put in the wah-wah or something. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, Go ahead, Noma. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, board games. And ironically, now that we're talking about Geonosis and the Clone Wars, uh, the big news right now with uh, the X-Wing, specifically with the X-Wing uh, miniatures combat game, 
is that they've now announced the first uh, six Clone Wars uh, X-Wing sets that are going to be coming out. And uh, also two of the uh, new re-releases for the Wave 2, or sorry, uh, second, uh, what would you even call it? Second edition version of X-Wing. Um, so for that, we've got uh, four different Starfighter expansion packs, um, two for Rebel, or sorry, two for the clones and Republic. I don't know why I'm saying clones. Two for the Republic and two for the CIS. And uh, two Starfighter uh, squadron packs, which is interesting because we haven't really seen these before. We've had kind of equivalents, um, that, but they were more unofficial starter packs uh, kind of thing. So it's interesting that we're introducing uh, sets of three now. But that'll be pretty cool. So for the Separatists, um, the squadron pack that they get is they get uh, two Vulture droids and uh, Grievous's ship, which is the – it's got a weird name. The Bell Bulab 22 Starfighter. Um, the Vulture droids are, and the Bell Bulab are going to be painted in Grievous's colors. Um, and it seems like from the overview that they're giving that the, the Separatist strategy – is going to be lots of kind of not that well maneuverable, kind of poorly maneuverable, poorly armored uh, droid starfighters, but you're going to be able to field a lot of them. So it's very much going to be quantity over quality like kind of swarm. thing. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and then Tie Swarm was a very scary uh, strategy in X-wing. So it'll be interesting to see if they're going to have the same kind of thing. It was so scary that they had to nerf um, the strategy a couple of times, kind of like tone it down so that people had a better fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so droid fighter swarm. Yeah. You, technically, you could do that now. Um, I mean, it's the same rule set, right? So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with it and kind of how that carries over. Um, and then for the two Starfighter expansion solo kits. Um, we're going to be getting the Sith Infiltrator expansion, which um, it's not a w super well-known ship, but if you guys rem if you guys remember Episode One, it's the ship that Maul used, um, the Scimitar, uh, I think was the the model name for that one, um, and that one looks kind of interesting. It's going to have, again, kind of almost copying the Empire style. It's going to have an experimental cloaking device, um, and apparently, it's going to have some very scary firepower. And decent maneuverability, so it's going to be a very interesting ship to run. Cloaking is a very nasty strategy in X-Wing, um, so it'll be interesting to see how they carry this over and make it less advanced than the the Empire's cloaking abilities. Because I mean, I, I'd hope that they would, since you know this is this is before the Empire, so they technically should have worse cloaking technology. Um, but other than that, the other release that we're getting is the standard Vulture droid. So that's more of the uh, color scheme that you would have seen in episode one, uh, kind of khaki brown paint schemes, and uh, those will be interesting. There, they've got there's going to be some named unique droid pilots in there, so it'll be interesting to see what their special abilities and what kind of things they can do. You know, being droid programming and all, but it's not like we haven't had droid special characters before in X-wing. I mean, you can run all four IG uh, IG-88s. So oh, wow, yeah, yeah, it's actually it's. It's an interesting strategy too. There's a whole. I won't bore people with the mechanics, but basically, if you run them in, if you run all the IG88s together, they all get bonuses based off of each other. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for the the Republic, the Starfighter Squadron we're getting with them is one of the uh, Delta Seven Aether sprites. So the you know classic 
episode two Jedi Starfighter. And then we're also getting two of the V-19 Torrents, or as they're also known, the V-Wings. So that'll be interesting. Um, V-Wings are something that were never really shown in the movies. They're in the Clone Wars 3D animated TV show quite a lot. And I think they're also in... Oh, yeah. And yeah, they get a lot of of good screen time in that one. Um, And I think that they're also in the 2D Clone Wars TV show. That was the one that was animated in... By the same team in the same style as Samurai Jack. Um, so those guys look pretty neat. Um, from what it looks like for the, the Republic is they're going to be a little bit more like the Rebels in X-Wing. They're going to be a little bit more durable. Um, a lot of heavy hitting fire and, uh, you know, missiles and like a lot, a lot more um, customization with your ships. However, uh, the one thing I do like is the Jedi Starfighters go in the opposite direction. They're actually less armored than some of the Separatist ships, but they look insanely maneuverable, which makes a lot more sense, right? They've got, you know, the Force guiding them, and they're in these tiny, like, barely shielded, really, really um, dexterous uh, fighters. So it, it's a, it looks like it's going to be a good carryover. Um, and then for their standalone sets, we're going to be getting... Um, as mentioned before, the Delta Seven Aether Sprite, the classic Jedi Starfighter. The difference being that this one is in Anakin's colors, so the yellow and gray, and the one in the Squadron set is in Obi Wan's red and white colors. Um, and with that set, you'll get Anakin and you know a bunch of other famous pilots, and then you know some some probably rookie Jedi. And then we're also getting the Arc One Seventy Starfighter, um, which looks really interesting to me because it is basically a flying tank. Um, it doesn't move that fast. It doesn't shoot super well. It's got barely any defense, but it's got almost three times more health than what standard ships in X-Wing get. So it's going to take a lot of damage and keep on chugging. And it's going to be you know, loaded to the brim with uh, secondary weapons and torpedoes and all that kind of stuff. So it looks it looks really good. They, it seems like they put some good thought into these. It's not just a cash grab, you know, throw it out and try and grab whatever, you, whatever money they can. You know um, it looks like there was some... Sorry? Do you know if there's a mechanic in this now with the V2.0 stuff um, with a co-pilot? Because these are the ships that can have co-pilots. Yeah, so um, they, they're they so even in version 1, there was an option to take crew with you. Okay. Um, so you get people like Boba Fett or um, Emperor Palpatine even or certain people like that. So yeah, for the ARC-170, um, if you look at the card for it it's got a backfiring arc so it'll be able to fire backwards uh, i'm sure that's where <clears throat> the, the secondary turret and stuff like that'll come into play yeah okay uh, yeah so that'll be pretty neat so yeah it's definitely gonna be able to fire out the back and it's gonna mean that it's really hard to corner this ship because a lot of the times in x-wing you just get behind the guy and if you can predict his movements and stay behind him he's dead yeah um but so things like this yeah for the arc it'll be interesting because it's gonna be really hard to get to keep him pinned down um and then, yeah, other than that, the only other two things, these are both re-releases. Uh, so for version two of X-Wing, we're getting the TIE Striker expansion, which was the uh, air combat ship that's seen in Rogue One. Oh, so that'll be pretty ship. neat. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting because I haven't actually fought one of these things in X-Wing before, but from what it kind of sounds like, it's going to be very maneuverable. Um more maneuverable maybe than the interceptors it'll depend on what their dials look like from what i can see in the uh preview it looks 
a little bit slower but more maneuverable than uh, the TIE Interceptors. And then we're also getting uh, the Z95A4, sorry, Z95AF4 uh, Headhunter expansion. So um, that'll be interesting. It's already in this game, but it's got a new paint scheme this time, which looks really cool. It's a, like a yellow and black color scheme. Um, and it'll be neat to see what these guys can do. Um, in, in, I, I actually play these guys in uh, X-Wing, and they're basically just slightly better TIE Fighters. Hmm. Um, it's the only way that Scum can run kind of like a TIE Swarm kind of list and get some nice stuff there. So it'll, it'll be neat to see what kind of upgrades they're going to be bringing in. I would assume they're more like to, the X-Wing uh, since they have a similar design. Yeah, it's just it's because of the fact that so they they hit this little niche area where it's like they can take one or two more hits more than a tie fighter could. Okay. Um they're more maneuverable than X-wings, but they're not as fast as a tie fighter. So it's this kind of middle ground between them, yeah. And it'll be interesting cuz it it almost the way they that they are is um it almost promotes running them in a big group, but then a couple of their special characters work better on their own. Hmm. Like not near anybody, so it'll it'll be neat. It'll be interesting to see what they're planning to do with these guys. Yeah, that was a big that was a big like um, update from Fantasy Flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really nice to see all all the thought that they've been putting into this. So um, all of this is going to be coming out in uh, the first quarter of 2019. So uh, yeah, when that date rolls around, I will officially be starting uh, Republic. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be getting a, at least a couple boxes of, or not maybe boxes, but I'm gonna be getting a fairly decent amount of Republic stuff to to test out with my group. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. It looks like they put a lot of thought into this, so I'm excited. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big events that are coming in the next year, <sighs> Dad, <laughs> do you want to take events away? <laughs> Yes, so events that are coming up in the next little bit for the Star Wars celebration happening in Chicago in 2019. Ooh. Yes, we will be there April 11th to the 15th, but some new guests have been added to the Star Wars celebration, and we're happy to announce that. Well, I'm sorry to bring this back up again. I know this discussion went away, but Alexander Freed, we're talking Star Wars Alphabet Squadron, will be there. <laughs> I hope I don't butcher your name, buddy. I'm sorry. Kevin Scott, Star Wars Adventures in Wild Space. It's pronounced Kevin Scott. Oh, well. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Claudia Gray, we're done. Star Wars Master and Apprentice. Delilah Dawson, we're done. Star Wars Phasma. Jeffrey Brown with the Darth Vader and Family Coloring Book. Great little book. Well, you being the guy who read Chewbacca and the Mysteries of the, the Forest or I whatever do teach it was, kindergarten. The so forest of fear. Terrible, terrible <laughs> book for people our age, but great book for kids. Katie Cook taking a page out of Drake's playbook with Star Wars: Search Your Feelings. Oh God! <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Timothy Zahn who's, worked on who's Star Timothy Zahn? Wars. Are, are you serious? Who is like that? I said, stick around to the end of the podcast when we execute Dan. <laughs> it, at uh, first, it was just going to be a firing squad, but Timothy now we're getting the lightsaber out. Probably the most well-known Star Wars author. <laughs> most recently, Star Wars Thrawn Alliances. And recently announced, Thrawn Treason. <laughs> I think we all have to say that at one point in this podcast. <laughs> Probably. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we all have to remember too. Like, to there's, there's a lot of authors there, which is awesome. And there's, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. And there's gonna these are actually guests that are gonna be on panels too, which is awesome. Uh, panels yeah. yet to be announced, but they're gonna be on some panels. I'm assuming they're gonna be uh, announcing some other novels at Star Wars Celebration in books. Um, the one thing I wanna I wanna just kind of bring to the forefront is not every book that comes out for Star Wars has to be for the hardcore audience, right? So the Darth oh, Vader and Family Coloring true. Book and the Search Your Feelings books, those are more, you know, casual fans or kids or young adults, that kind of stuff, right? Like um, there are different sections of the of the Star Wars fandom and different generations of Star Wars fandom that they definitely need to tailor to because imagine us as kids – and exactly. we were like eight years old and we read all those like um star wars golden books or the star wars like episode one uh young reader adaptation that's like 95 pages synopsis of star wars episode one instead of the actual episode one thick full novel adaptations um but yeah like so there that's are different like- sections of the fandom right that's crazy that's like saying i had a return of the jedi choose your own adventure book that would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I could never find the other two, but... You actually had a... Actually, is there a Choose Your Adventure Return of the Jedi book? Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, wow, you know nice. what? That might make an interesting Temple Archives one day. Yeah, like <laughs> I a, get you guys to choose what pages choose to go to. You literally get to choose what you talk about. Or a yeah, live we can stream. See, we can survive till the end of live uh, episode six. Ooh, interesting. But, Dan, your point is perfect because... Yeah, like you said, like how we all start off. And that's where they're trying to hit, especially with the new trilogy and everything. You want to be able to hit a bunch of people in a bunch of different audiences because look at where we are now. Right. We'll eventually right? be gone. And the next generation of kids, if they don't have Star Wars when they're kids, they're not going to be nostalgic as adults, right? As, as nostalgic about Star Wars as, as we are. So they have to hit something. Like when Rebels was coming out, there's some, stud- like some students that I had and some kids that I met at, at uh, Star Wars Celebration with their parents and they were the thing that they were into was star wars rebels because that's what it was on at the time and that's what they could watch that's the first and only thing they've ever seen of star wars and then eventually they will get into episode four five six one two three rogue one episode seven eight nine all that solo don't forget solo (laughs) you almost did there i was gonna say (laughs) i was like i'm missing one which one was it oh yeah solo but yeah no i just i think it's it's a good thing to point out is that not everything that we that comes out from Lucasfilm, uh, whether it be novels, books, TV shows, that kind of stuff. That's why I find it funny that there's this negativity in the fandom. It's like, Star Wars Resistance is for kids. We shouldn't boycott this show. It's like, you don't have to watch it. You really exactly. don't. Nobody's forcing you to do anything from this. Like they're gonna release meat at all times. We will get something later. We will get something in the future. Just there's a lot the of things to be excited series. about exactly or clone wars like stuff is on the way you know yeah but take it well i say this from experience it's a lot easier to get angry than it is to actually think about things (laughs) (laughs) the anger is a reaction whereas thinking it out actually takes a little bit of time and yeah you have to you have to expend brain cells for that you got to be open-minded exactly (laughs) in that oh man (laughs) speaking of kid-related activities Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Disney's theme park. Rolling my eyes really hard right now. With Galaxy's Edge on the Disney Parks blog, 
um, a little while ago on November 17th, quite a while ago, uh, we had a published article by Scott Towbridge, and he is the Portfolio Creative Executive at Walt Disney Imagineering Department. And yes, Imagineering is a word. And uh, they have three new videos as well as a lot of information. So let's get through this. They have a new teaser trailer for the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run attraction uh, ride. And you get to pilot the Falcon and actually fly the Falcon for uh, various missions. Um, it says, the first, entitled Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, puts guests behind the controls of the most famous ship in the galaxy in one of three unique flight crew roles. So I'm assuming pilot, co-pilot, and gunner. gunner. Uh, yeah, that would be the only other thing. The other thing, and the, the trailer and stuff will all be in the, in the show notes here, so you can go click it and watch it. Uh, they are readily available on YouTube as well. The other one is the second attraction, uh, which puts our guests in the middle of an epic battle between the Resistance and the First Order, and it is called Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. As you see from this video, which was shot in the actual attraction, both the stakes and the excitement are running high in this epic Star Wars cliffhanger. Um... We have a video for that, and it's apparently people were talking about it when this trailer came out. That if you look outside, like the uh, window of the First Order ship, you see the Resistance ships and things like that. And apparently, this takes place after the Last Jedi. Huh. And there's two Mon Cal cruisers and a few other fighters and things. Um, so if you take a look in that trailer, um, there is there might be a teaser towards what might be in Episode Nine as part of the Resistance. Um, and it is called, this, the attraction itself is called Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Um, another interesting point that I've heard fly around is that the actual theme park, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, takes place on Batu, which we knew, which is a place that was in Thrawn Alliances. Um, but this <laughs> park, the point in time that this park is in the Star Wars Galaxy, so if you were to take this park... Batu and put it in the Star Wars universe, what time frame would it be? Would it be in the Clone Wars? Would it be in the original trilogy? Would it be where? This is actually taking place, the whole theme park, everything that's happening in there is after The Last Jedi. Is what I've been hearing. So, um, with that all thought out, that's an interesting thing. We'll see Hondo Anako is going to be there, which means he's still alive after The Last everything. Jedi. You know, like, <laughs> I guess much. that can make sense. Um, yeah. Old pirate. Right, he's a specific way, so we don't know how old they they age to, right? Um, That's true. And the last piece of news for this, which I was super excited about, was the fact that John Williams is creating the theme park score. This was a rumor on our last episode, I believe, and this has actually been announced. And not only was it announced, it was also shown a uh, a whole. Uh, song that he created for the theme park. It's the theme park's theme. Um, so if nice. you want to listen to that, it is a fantastic Star Wars homage uh, music piece that he has created. And uh, I'm just... Every piece of news that comes out for Galaxy's Edge, I am so excited for. And I bet you guys are too. Oh, yeah. I mean, John Williams on anything, right? Yeah. Like uh, Especially, especially a theme park. Oh, yeah. You know? It just means that the music is going to fit perfectly with, like, everything there. So that that's some awesome, awesome news. 
I'm really, I, I mean, I want to go and I'm excited to see everything about it. But the food and drinks and everything like that, I'm really excited to see what they're going to have in terms of that. <laughs> like, I want to walk into a cantina and order, like, I don't know, something I've heard in one of the movies and just see it appear in front of me and be like, huh, okay. Let's yeah, try this. I'm going to feel like a true badass when I set up a cantina and ask if they have lactose-free blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have almond blue milk? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have vegan blue milk? <laughs> Can I get the Naventi, please? Yeah. <laughs> if you say anything like that, I will get out of the cantina. Oh, no. <laughs> that'd be funny. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Not that I'm trying to disparage any Starbucks uh, listeners. <laughs> Starbucks goers. Does this uh, does this Nerf burger have uh, have cheese, or can I get rid of that option? <laughs> yeah, can I get a cheeseless Nerf burger <laughs> with extra space fries, please? Extra space fries. If if anything is named space like SpaceX, anything, I'm gonna be very disappointed. <laughs> well, there actually is in the Star Wars universe space waffles. Like it's actually oh, no. called space waffles, I believe. All right, space waffles gets a pass. If that's okay. true. Uh, but yeah, no, there's going to be a lot of fun. I was actually reading some other stuff and people were talking about how long the lines might be when it first opens. And they said like long lines. If you buy the pass that you can skip all the lines, then there you go. But if everyone buys those passes, buys that pass, then you might no well. lines to skip, right? So um, <laughs> I said, I was, I think it was the forcecast.net. They were tweeting something out and they were saying something related to that. Like, oh, look at the, like the lines are going to be a lot, like really long. And I was like, yeah, us Canadians up here, we're going to have to wait a little while, longer than you, because, uh, like, longer than um, Americans, because not only do flights cost more money, but the American dollar right now versus the Canadian dollar, not so good. Uh, the Canadian dollar versus the American dollar, not so good. So we have to pay, like, 33% more than American listeners uh, to go to anything in the States and pay for anything in the States. Yeah, exactly. So Enjoy. we really do have to uh, budget our money, which is which is nice because we get to go to Star Wars Celebration, and it's not halfway across <laughs> America. It's like right in the smack dab center, which is pretty pretty nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Man, there is no segue into this one. You're, you're, you're and speaking lucky. of the edge of things, <laughs> there, are edges, there are, ed- there are, <laughs> there are edges on books. There are pages no, with edges. <laughs> no, like a horizon. The horizon's like the edge of the sun. They'd go that way. The no. sun, yes. The horizon, the sun. The sun gives yeah. trees life. The trees are cut down. We make books. <laughs> books. Books, guys. So speaking of Galaxy's Edge, we're in the galaxy. Books. <laughs> <laughs> there might be books in the Star Wars universe. Actually, in episode seven, or sorry, episode eight, there were books. So speaking of books, now that I'm on that topic... <laughs> Back on the literature side of things, we did have a pretty hectic November. There was a lot that was released. We're in December now, and there's even more so. But, Dan, if you want to just quickly go over what's come out for November, what we should really be focusing on, and what can we can look forward to as December goes along. Sure. November, well, we had two books released. Uh, they were re-released in paperback, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which I would recommend. It's a young adult book. It is fantastic. Uh, the Last Jedi Expanded Edition, also in paperback. Um, that does have extra scenes that were not in the movie that were cut, as well as some other things in there. Comics, we have two volumes, three volumes that came out. Star Wars The Last Jedi, volume 
which covered issues number one to six, which is the entirety of the Last Jedi comic run. Lando, Double or Nothing, volumes, uh, or sorry, volume with uh, issues number one to five, which is the entire run of that. Star Wars Adventures Volume Four: Smugglers Blues included numbers 10, 11, Free Comic Book Day edition of 2018. So that's nice that they actually included that one, so you don't miss out on the Comic Book Day uh, issue. And single issues released in November were Star Wars number 56, Escape Part 1, Han Solo, Imperial Cadet number 1, Star Wars Adventures, Destroy Your Down number 1, Darth Vader number 23, Fortress Vader Part 5, Dr. Aphra number 26, Worst Among Equals Part 1, Star Wars number 57, The Escape Part 2, Solo, A Star Wars Story Adaptation Part 2, Star Wars Adventures number 16, and Darth Vader, number 24, Fortress Vader, part 6. Sounds like a lot, but those are all the issues, comic volumes, and books that were released in November. Now, for December, uh, we do have uh, comics uh, volumes. We have Poe Dameron, volume 5, which is the final volume of uh, Poe Dameron. The Spark and Fire, numbers number 26 to 31 which is the end of the run, plus Annual Number 2, which has uh, been released this year as well, as well as Star Wars Volume 9, Hope Burns, numbers 50 to 55, plus Annual Number 4 of Star Wars. The single issues released in December, we have Star Wars Number 58, The Escape, Part 3, Age of the Republic, Qui-Gon Jinn Number 1, which is fantastic, I have read it, Star Wars Adventures, Destroyer Down Number 2, Age of the Republic, Darth Maul, number one, which I have yet to read. Dr. Aphra, number 27, Worst Among Equals, part two. Han Solo, Imperial Cadet, number two. Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation, number three. Darth Vader, number 25, which is the final issue in, in uh, Darth Vader. And that is entitled Fortress Vader. And the last issue this month is Star Wars Adventures, number 17. Now, just an update for what we will be doing in the future. We did cover two months this uh, time around for what was released and what is going to be released this month. From every episode forward of the new show here, we're going to be just covering what is coming out the month that the podcast is coming out. We normally release these episodes at the beginning of each month, and this one's a little bit late, but we will be in January releasing an episode uh, relatively early on so then we can get you guys on board with all Star Wars literature releases for that month and the uh, the new year, actually, yeah, 2019. Speaking of segues, <laughs> the last segment. <laughs> Man. <laughs> God. Let's just abandon all pretense. We know what's happening at this point. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Without the fans of Star Wars, the series would not really be where it is today, and we've constantly got fans that are going on and making their own creations just homages to the series and everything that's just been what's made it something that stayed in our hearts and so for today we decided to do a pick of the podcast just something that we were amazed by that we saw and it was actually a fan animation done by daz tibbles and it's it's a about what is it like three minutes or so boys yeah about two minutes 45 yeah, I think, or something like that yeah somewhere around there and it's just an amazing entry in a, in a contest and we want you to be able to see this for yourselves and really really appreciate what this guy's done but we have a link here dan if you want to just quickly go over what your thoughts were on this animation 
I, I, I remember seeing this on Twitter for the first time, and uh, on his Twitter account, I was just I saw someone share it. I'm like, or retweet it. I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. So I clicked it, watched it, and it's just this amazing fan animation that just has every little piece of Star Wars you could think of with some uh, fan-created characters, um, such as a kyber trooper. Now just think of what that might look like in your head, and it probably doesn't look anything like it, but it is amazing. Um, like, the Kyber Trooper design is really cool, and there's a whole bunch of, like, 3D animation as well as 2D animation. Um, and for a gentleman who has done this in his free time, now I'm not sure if he did it by himself or with a crew, but if he did it by himself, even more kudos to him because this is amazing. I, I couldn't imagine the amount of time it took him to work on something like this. So, Daz Tibbles... Man, good stuff. Good stuff. I can only speak in in positive regard towards this. As usual, like you always do. Normal, <laughs> what do you think about it? Um, no, I'm in the same boat. It, I was very, very impressed with uh, how his, the final product turned out. Like, it is really, really nice. And like Dan said, like especially if this was on his own, it must have taken a crazy amount of time to do. Um, so if this is a one man, you know. One man project, even multiple man project. Like I've seen how how hellish those things can get. So, yeah, like kudos, one hundred percent. There's some really nice. Um, there's a lot of really nice effects in this. There's a lot of really nice. Like the animation is very kind of snappy and smooth, which is nice. Um, yeah, overall, it's just fantastic work. I mean, I know when I fanboy over things to do with Star Wars in general, I can't control myself in terms of outbursts or anything like that I will be cheering or doing something and for this animation in particular it being just under three minutes I can't I can't say how many times I was like oh or like or just something like not even any kind of language known to humans at this point just Gutter some kind of right some kind of exclamation <laughs> just it seems and i was surprised about how much i did actually i watched this three times over in the span of 10 minutes and it was just i was blown away by what i did see and i guarantee that some of you that do watch it will do, have the same sort of reaction in terms of i can't believe this like this is this is amazing i would actually want to see this on tv being if he can get an actual team together with me, if he, if he didn't use one or if she didn't use one, it would just be something amazing. And, you know, Disney, knock, knock, here's your next person to hire, really. Now, on our last release of Temple Archives, we did talk about going to the rec room here in Toronto just to try out the Secrets of the Empire VR game. And we have finally set a date for that. So we will be going to this experience just watching some of the some of the promotional video they had for it just gets me so excited every time. And boys, I don't know about you, but Imperial and Imposter we're trying to do, nah. Like I'm gonna be full in character for that. I'll tell you right now, this is something <laughs> I want to do. I want to be a part of this. So I will be the best stormtrooper. I will not hit any target whatsoever. We have to shoot it. So you will be carrying. You're not gonna be a stormtrooper. <laughs> but... We're rebels in disguise. <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't know. No, you didn't hear me. I am going to be. <laughs> he's, he's gonna. He's gonna live the role. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna defect from the rebellion. Temporarily. <laughs> he's gonna turn on us and start shooting us. <laughs> if I can, maybe that's an idea. Oh. 
but I am I am very excited to do this. Uh, the rec room is a great place to go to just for fun, and the fact that they've brought this VR game in is going to be just another reason to go. But yeah, we're doing over the holiday break, so probably in the new year, in the next episode, we'll be able to talk about it, which is going to be fun. Talk mm. about my treason. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thrawn treason. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Speaking of circles. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's a circle in the word podcast. It's the letter O. So, the podcast, oh you can find... <laughs> this is terrible. No, that's great. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, keep that in. Okay. <laughs> you can find the podcast at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. You can send us any feedback, any questions, comments, theories... Uh, or anything that you'd like to tell us about Star Wars, ask us about Star Wars or about um, our uh, personal experience with Star Wars and stuff like that. Twitter, you can find us at VoiceForcePod and you can tweet at us using uh, our username at for- VoiceForcePod and the hashtag VOTF Voice of the Fans and you can tweet us same thing there, questions, comments, theories Reasons why you love the podcast. Reasons why you loved segues in this podcast, because they are on <laughs> fire. Yes. Um, and just, just all of your praise towards our, our masterful segues oh, is yes. appreciated. We have a Facebook page, <laughs> facebook.com slash voiceforcepod. We also do have a brand new website, voiceoftheforce.com. You heard it here first voiceoftheforce.com and you can find all of our episodes linked up there with all the episode show notes as well as links to all the different podcatchers and social media that we have for the podcast Um, and it's just the central place that you guys can find all of our information um, as well as we will be having a um, about us section that you can learn a little bit more about uh, Ed, Noma, and myself and our experience with Star Wars from our childhood all the way up into who we are today. I refuse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of refusing, Noma yes. is fired yet again. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is my, my goodbye podcast. This may be the end of everything because Dan's getting executed. Oh, you have a feedback. Fired. Yeah, we're just done. Next episode, it'll just be Ed in an empty room. Just like with repeated, he's just replying to himself talking. <laughs> I'll have a Wookiee with me, it'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so yeah, basically, um, remember to listen, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Um, yeah, if you have any thoughts on, on the episodes, uh, let us know because reviewing helps with visibility and it also, you know, it tells us if there's anything we need to change because, you know, we're here for you guys first. This is entertainment for you guys. It's not just, otherwise it's just the three of us talking to an empty space. Is this supposed um, to be entertaining for people to listen to? Supposedly. Oh, <laughs> I think that's the long-term plan. I feel bad for all of our listeners for this episode. <laughs> no, some people like Segway. <laughs> And some people like segues. <laughs> and so, yeah, any kind of comments or, you know, criticisms, critiques, we can take it that uh, you think would make the podcast better or things that you're screaming to yourself, why aren't they doing X? Let us know because we might just be dumb. We might not have thought about it, you know, and anything we can do to make this more enjoyable for you. If you think we're too positive, let me know. 
I can tone it down. You think, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you think that I can get even more pessimistic, <laughs> one of those two things will Are happen. we too negative? Are we too positive? <laughs> Do Are there too many rants? Do I think him. about things that I shouldn't be thinking about, such as Alphabet Squadron and Aurabash Squadron? Maybe. <laughs> but you can tell us. All in the feedback. Because if we don't hear anything, we assume you like it. Mm-hmm. Or we have That's no listeners. That's the other assumption we have. <laughs> Yeah, that everyone's a bot somehow. Oh my god, this this outro segment is is getting too long. Okay, let's wrap no, it up. No, it's good. It just it count compounds on the madness that this episode has been. This has been a mad episode. <laughs> People are gonna like comment and be like, "Dude, I'm I'm done. I'm, I quit." Where were you? Where were you when Voice of the Forest lost their minds? <laughs> episode four. <laughs> four or five? Episode three actually. Is it three? This is episode three. <laughs> Awesome. So neither none of us know how to count anymore. No, technically either. episode four though, because it's episode zero, right? That's true. So it technically is episode terms. four, but it is episode three. Technically, is correct. The best kind of correct. Right. The beginning of a new trilogy. Speaking about being correct, <laughs> no, I have nothing. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's factually. Yeah, I think grammatically that's correct. <laughs> and on that lovely note. <laughs> With all that said, guys, this has been the Voice of the Force podcast, and may the Force be with you. Hello, citizens of the Empire. My name is Ed, and welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. <laughs> nice. You That's going to be for the outtakes. I was going to go, oh, I really wanted to continue with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I was getting I was getting my false British voice ready. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll go in on this bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go for this. Bold of you to assume we're all going to survive that long. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the world will explode. Star Killer Base is coming for us. And now, ninety-five minutes of us screaming into the void. Ready? <laughs> One, two. <three. laughs> Just cut it right there. <laughs>